Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Introducing the Corner Booth, a football podcast covering the latest trends and news in college football and the NFL. Here are your hosts, Jared and Mark. Welcome in, folks, to another Raspy Voice Corner Booth podcast. Big show today. Steve Peralt from Section 10 is stopping by. We're going to talk some baseball. Also on the menu, the AAF, week three, more entertaining games. And my favorite team, the San Diego Fleet, a dominant win, and much more. Mark, let's get it kicked off. Yeah, we're going to get right into it. We have a lengthy interview with Steve. It was a great one. So we'll just get right into the rundown. And we'll start off with. Football baby in the AAF, uh, another great weekend. Everyone's saying it's a little dying down, you know. I mean, it had a lot of hype to start. They have the Hurricanes owner putting in $250 million because the league was strong with money. Oh, that's just a bunch of <clears throat> news media. But, yeah, we get right into the hoopla. I, I knew I wanted to say it. I was like, I feel like we say it too often, but that can be our thing. I don't care. But, yeah, so uh, I know you were I, – I mean, I watched some games this weekend again, but – uh, I know you definitely got a little more with the Alliance League than I did. So uh, here are the scores, by the way. The Arizona High Shots finally lose their first uh, game to the to the Salt Lake Stallions, who honestly were in every game they've played this season, so it was a matter of time before they got a win. Hot Shots have been kind of the lucky team. The Memphis Express, a.k.a. the worst team in the league, lost again. Zach Mettenberger, no, no, no. Christian Hackenberg has been demoted for Zach Mettenberger, who actually tossed a dime ball in that game. It was probably one of the best throws I've seen in a football game in a while. Yes, I'm taking Knox to the Super Bowl. Um, <laughs> go look it up. The throw was unbelievable for a touchdown. I was like, this is the guy who was recruited to LSU. Like, and uh, But Orlando, of course, because they're probably one of the top teams in the league, won again. The other top team was the Birmingham Iron. They smoked the absolute worst team in the league, which is the Atlanta – I can't even – Legends. The Legends. Which is, a, which is a shame because I love the team name and I actually like their jerseys, but they are not very good. They are garbage. And then, of course, my two favorite teams duked it out for the, the late game. San Antonio, which is like seven former Eagles on it. And then, of course, San Diego Fleet because I got my boy whose name is escaping me right now and it's really taking me off. Wow, your boy Jaquan Gardner. There we go. Little dude is about 5'5 five five and is a rocket <laughs> – He's quick. He had that one breakaway run that we, I saw. 83 damn yards. It was beautiful to watch. Like something out of Madden. It was like vintage Darren Sproles. I loved it. Jaquan Gardner's my dude. I love this. San Diego Fleet's my team right now. I was over San Antonio because they got Devontae Bowsby, Greg Ward, and a couple other former Eagles. So I got to show love for that. But 
overall, this is where the best weekend we've had because every single game was competitive. So yeah. we had some good – honestly, there was the only game that wasn't was San Antonio because they rolled over. I mean, it's so funny, too, because when you look at the box scores, it's it's amazing how our brains have adjusted to seeing sevens and ten, and like, you know what I mean, like 14. And you look, you see nine, three, 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 six, six, eight, just because the, the, the extra point, having to go for two every time throws everyone for a loop. Oh, yeah, I mean, by the way, um, Trent Richardson scored again. Yeah, I know. He scored a bunch. Like, Dude's it's, a machine at scoring touchdowns. I mean, yeah, half these guys – but, like, you can't blame on the tackling because, honestly – these are all NFL quality guys. They just they just weren't like A plus quality. It's just so frustrating because it's he only had forty six yards, but he just scored at the goal line. It's so annoying. He's a goal line back. He's Mike Tolbert. It, it's just he is Tolbert, but he's I mean he's he said he's gonna be a Hall of Famer one day. So maybe if they I wonder if they'll that would be the day when these leagues start getting a little <laughs> the Hall of Fame of the Alliance Football League. Be like a small little shack off the back of Kenton. Yeah, talk about talk about uh, an honor. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, I mean, I hope this league just stays consistent. They, I mean, they're gonna need as much help as they can get. Like they need stars, and they have your guy like Jaquan Gardner, who is electric. He's quick. He's, t- he's small. He kind of reminds me of a Phil Lindsay, like you were said, Phil Lindsay with a uh, C.J. Anderson. Sproles body type. Yeah. But he's uh, I mean, it's, it's good. It's football. Like I said, the hype definitely died off already, just because as much as everyone said that they only thought they would save weekends for football, they it's hard. Like, I don't know. I swear, like during football season, it's the only thing I watch is football. Now it's like you have all these shows on. I mean, you had the Oscars last night. Like it was crazy. Dude, I didn't even watch the Oscars. I couldn't give two craps. I'm. I mean, I came home uh late last night and. It was on my TV. Watched a little, uh, little Lady Gaga, Bradley Cooper action. That's about. That it. was. I did see the clip of that. Like his girlfriend was like, "No." Well, Not his that. girlfriend and Lady Gaga just uh, got the or ended an engagement. So I mean, they're all acting. Wink. All wink. I know is uh, my girl Haley Steinfeld looked like a bombshell. So that that's all that matters. You're not you're not wrong about that. But back to uh, sports, you know. It's all right. We can get off topic every once in a while. Mark's fly. I brought the Oscars. That's completely true. Hey, I'm going to watch The Bachelor, too. We all we can talk about all these things if we really wanted to. I actually have made fun of him multiple times off off recording for watching The Bachelor. So. It's pure comedy, people. If you don't watch it, you're missing out. But, yeah, we'll get back to sports. And so, do you have anything else with AAF? That's about it. Honestly, folks, watch it next week. I'm, go, go to their Instagram page. That's actually the best way to find out when they're on. And you can actually, they're on Bleacher Report, NFL Network, CBS Sports Network, all play things that are actually pretty accessible. Well, I'm on the website right now, too, and you can watch the whole complete replay of the game, which is pretty cool. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah. They need to, I still think they need, like, I cannot stand saying AAF. Like, I feel like I'm stuttering to get the A part out. AAF. That seems like a you problem. That 100% is a me problem, but it's it's really frustrating me. Guys, Mark is making this about himself. He needs to change the name of the league. They go to the commission. Uh, uh, I know the commission XFL. I don't know the A. a the A A F. There we go. All right, but we'll move on to uh, some other news and sports, and we'll dig into. We'll start off with a little bit of baseball free agency. An outfielder signed, and his name is not Bryce Harper. It was Aaron Hicks. 
He uh, extended with the Yankees seven years, seven million dollars, seventy million dollars. And uh, yeah, that guy seems to be sitting pretty. I think the Yankees have completely now have proven that they're not worried about Harper, and he will not be a Yankee just like everyone thought he was going to be going to the offseason. Um, but yeah, what are your thoughts on Hicks? I think he's a good young player. Great young player. Solid deal. I mean, it's only. Dude, 10, I mean, seven I mean, seven. It's not seven seventy. It's not a bad deal at all. I, I like it. I mean, it works. Kid's young, kicking. He's like a five to a player. Works. Well, they have the outfield set now. Oh yeah, they're good. So the Yankees can be like looking at Harper, who's going to sign with some garbage team, <laughs> Dodgers. Um, and just uh, you know, it's not going to matter to them because you know John Carlo Judge and Hicks. That's probably the best outfield in baseball. It's, pretty, it's pretty good up there. But uh, we'll just get we'll dive right into. I only know does does John Carlo even play in the outfield? Yeah, he does. I know he did. DH actually now. Yeah, I figured now because they they throw somebody either Gardner or I don't know if he's still on their team anymore. Either way, we'll move on to the Bryce Harper talk because he's. I swear we have to bring him up in every freaking one of these things just because he won't sign. Let's talk about him. But Bryce Harper, I think I'm talking myself out of wanting him. Either that, or I'm just saying it because if he doesn't come to the Phillies, then I'll feel better. Because it's getting ridiculous. I'm hearing $10 million, $350 million. I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, yeah, he's really good. Yeah, he's a transcendent talent, but he hasn't really done what he's supposed to. He won an MVP, but it's it, just like, – Steve actually is going to bring up a good point later in the interview, but, like, it, it's a lot about his height too. Yeah, it is completely. And it just bugs me. Like I said, I'm committing to all that money, and everyone's saying this, this free agency has been a complete waste for the Phillies. Like, what do you mean? We got a good catcher. We got, so we got McCutcheon, who's not probably anything like he used to be, but he's still a leader, and hopefully we'll take over that locker room. I don't know. I really am talking myself out of Bryce because the Dodgers supposedly reached out to him today. If you check out their Instagram, they were posting the picture of their facilities with a nice little Brinks uh, truck which I'm pretty sure means that there's supposed to be money involved, a.k.a. they're trying to sign him for a short term. What do you think they could offer him short term? I don't even know. I don't even want to think about this. But uh, um, it's probably going to be no more than three or four years because they, they, they are paying so much money to so many different guys, and it's just like – They were talking like one-year deal. Can you imagine he got signed for like – what would it be, like 80? Like, I'm trying to think what a one-year deal could even sound like. God, it's going to turn to the NBA, and I'm going to hate life. I mean, what do you want? You either you, you don't want long-term, you don't want short-term. What do you want? Five-year deal. I mean, that's, that's what Machado got, but for 10 with an option. That's, a, that's like the one thing I liked about Machado's deal. I hated the amount, but I liked the fact that it was a five-year buyout. Yeah. Either way, so like I said, we'll dive into that more with uh, Steve Peralt. And let's move on to uh, NHL trade deadline happened today, right before we recorded all this. Uh, a lot of things went down. I'm not the biggest hockey guy, but all I know is that there was a lot of trades that happened. I don't know the better or worse for most teams, but I do know that my Flyers lost an absolute Flyer legend in Wayne Simmons. Simmer is gone. Sadly, I think we should have got rid of him two years ago because he had had more value, and the Flyers just need to rebuild. But what is what did you hear around the hockey world today? Well, as you guys know, I'm a very uh, playoff-heavy Penguins fan. Uh, I guess they made a move for another guy today. Um, they're loading up. 
I, I've heard the guy's name before, and he actually seems very good. And I, I am really, like, shooting myself in the foot here because I, I don't really follow hockey enough. You, but you, you followed enough to talk shit when the Penguins beat the Flyers, even though I forgot to say, how about that stadium series game, bud? Hey, um, talk to me when you actually make the playoffs. Oh, wait. Oh, uh, we did last year, and we lost yeah. two guys. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. yeah, you lost us. Shut up. Yeah, but you lost to the freaking Caps, who suck in the playoffs. So They won the damn title, you jackass. Yeah, but it's always the Caps' year, and they're never supposed to actually win at all. It was your fault. Yeah, you so got, you got we're Wiseman. We're going to win title four years. You can eat it. Yeah. I mean, I could really try to lie to everyone listening to this podcast and act like I know who all these people are in these trades, but I feel like it was necessary to bring it up, and that's about it. That's I, I don't want to steal thunder, but that's that's how we're gonna talk hockey. <laughs> I really like I don't know. Like, like I said, there was a lot of shit that happened in the hockey world today. We should have, we might have to bring on uh, Zach Mack one of these times to kind of explain what's going on in the hockey world, just so we can kind of get a clarification of how all the season's going and whatnot, so. Oh, yeah, the guy they got was uh, Eric um, Gudenbrossen. Yeah, exactly that. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so we'll move on to something we know a little more, and that's football. <laughs> and Yay, football. Michael Crabtree, the one who gets the chain snatched from his neck, is a free agent. The Ravens decided to let him go, I guess. Both the Ravens. The, yeah, I guess uh, they did, were done with him after one year. I liked him on that team. I guess they're just going to try to start from scratch with the receivers. I mean, they got John Brown. I don't know. I, maybe Crabtree was like, John screw Brown's this. A free agent, too. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I mean, then I don't know. I mean, they, they're going to need to get some weapons for uh, Lamar Jackson, even though he's – I guess that's probably uh, – Crabtree probably wanted to leave. Dude, I would love to see, like, Antonio Brown go to the Ravens. That would be crazy. For what? I don't know. I got I, I got no, I would never want him to go there. Just well, I mean, for the the fact that it would be hilarious with the Steelers, but I don't want that because it's a waste of Antonio Brown's talent. Lamar That's Jackson's true. not playing it. Like, I mean, I heard, like, I heard Green Bay, and that just made me smile. Can you imagine I Dante Adams, Rogers? So that would make me so mad. Oh, I love Rogers. He's a pompous asshole, but he's still a beast. He's very full of himself, but. He's got a can of an arm. Take it from like one asshole to the other. I hate this guy. I just love when he succeeds because everyone just gets so mad about it. Either way, him and Devontae Adams on the same side of the field would be in a very dangerous combo. I, you know, it's so funny. I, I swear, like, when he's going to go to some – the Steelers is going to get, like, just trim some random team. Well, they're going to give whatever. If they can get a second, I think they'll do it. A second and, like, a fourth. Because the first is all, which is crazy. Somebody tweeted at us and said, if you think that you would have told me that Antonio Brown will be worth less than Amari Cooper, you'd be out of your mind. But it's that's how it's come down to because he won't shut up. He just continues to be all over social media. And it's, yeah. I think, you know, it's so funny. I, I almost think this is like his plan. Like he's just trying to cause as much distraction to his value lowers. So some good team who doesn't want to give up all their shit will be like, here, take this for Brown. Yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I just can't wait for it to all be over because just a bunch of hoopla. And we don't, I'm just overhearing the same stories. <laughs> and like, uh, this is might be, it's a very different free agency for both football and baseball this year. It's like everything's just repetitive. And then maybe I'm just more aware of it this year, but it, it's, it's annoying to say. Well, we also know next, like, I think it's Wednesday or Thursday, like, you and me are going to be glued to our TVs. 
I might take that day off just to literally watch NFL Network from about noon till about eight o'clock at night. No, I already know one of my monitors at work. I'm gonna have to get the. Uh, I'm gonna have to get some type of streaming system for the draft or the combine. I mean, because I'm gonna need. Well, I'll just be following like uh, Daniel Jeremiah on Twitter and whatnot all day. I'll have his notifications. Yeah, of course. Online. You know, it's so funny. I'm really hoping it's like two years ago when we grabbed uh, on the first day of phrase we grabbed uh, Al Shot and Tory Smith on the first day. That. that day is that day is amazing. It's for the first day of the new NFL year. It's just like, oh my gosh, it's it's almost better than Christmas. Dude, every year I love that. Like I'll track what the Eagles get. And two years ago was like the first time like the Eagles actually went out and made moves, and I was so happy. Last year was kind of disappointing. I was like, eh, Mike Wallace, woo. So yeah, cool. that's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely gonna be uh, it's gonna be an interesting one. Um. By the way, I am like low key starting to come around Le'Veon come to the Eagles. I mean, yeah, because he's not as annoying as Antonio Brown these Dude, days. On it, here's the thing about Le'Veon that I, I I like about him. One, he is a smart runner. He's not just bang through the hole. No but shit, really, Le'Veon Bell is still really good at football. I know that. He has an extra year of tread in his tires that all these other running backs did not. Yeah, but he also put on like extra rubber on his tires because he gained so much freaking weight. I mean, I get he's going to slim down and whatnot, but the dude took a year off of football. Yeah, he saved some life, but he also lost some, like, probably a step. Well, we're going to see what happens. I mean, he, he could honestly just put on muscle. We don't know. Yeah, but the irony of it all is I can see, I can see him getting hurt by taking a year off just because his body's not going to be in this, like, the normal football shape. I don't know. Yeah. Spins on not wishing injury upon anybody. I would never do that just because I'm just saying sucks. I was completely against it a month ago, and now I'm kind of like, if it happens, I'd be hyped. It's, very easy, it's a very easy thing to talk yourself into. I want a jockey back, too. Well, I want I – want, I, I always said from the get-go, if Tevin Coleman – we get him on, I guess, even though he didn't have that crazy of a year, even though Devontae Freeman didn't play, I always thought De- Tevin Coleman was worth a starting position. I was doing the uh, shout-out to the Draft Network. I was running some mock drafts today, and there were so many opportunities to get, like, Elijah Holyfield, um, Jacobs, uh, Singletary out of Iowa State. I mean, there's a bunch of backs that are bruisers that I think that would fit the Eagles' mold well, very well. He was a bruiser but can also bang out a home run. That's what made Ajayi so dangerous. Yeah, but Ajayi also wasn't the fastest. He would just – bounce around and break away if he had the opportunity. I mean, that's where Clement and what's Clement's the, actually slower than Ajayi. Yeah, but he's quick. Ajayi just like literally, I remember he's a pinball. He doesn't go down. I remember the, remember the play against the Cowboys and the Jai got caught and they're like, man. But that was also Byron Jones who runs a 4-3-3. He like, said, man, your matting rating's going down. <laughs> yeah, that's also Byron freaking Jones. He's like a 97 speed rating in Madden. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I would love for us to go get a home run back like Tevin Coleman. So that'd be great because we haven't had one of those since McCoy. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. that's how I look at it. What's up next? Up next, we got two more things all about the NBA, and it's it's not actually about the games. It's about Ja Rule and having one of the worst ha- – like, Ja Rule is on the hot seat right now for being done, finished, because the man is with the Fire Festival and how that whole thing went down. And now he's on the Milwaukee Bucks had a halftime show. His audio wasn't working. He's trying to hype up a crowd. They're not even cheering. You had Giannis on the court mid concert, whoever it was, literally warming up just to prove nobody gives a shit about Ja Rule anymore, which is a shame because Ja Rule is a, is a, is a name that people actually grew up with. And 
I know my buddy's uh, parents used to love Ja Rule back in the day, but I don't know. Maybe his time's coming to an end, even though he still loves himself so much. Um, first of all, screw Ja Rule. Um, he tried yeah, to take a shot at Timberwolves. So, yeah, F you, buddy. You illegitimate sack of crap. Um, also, I mean, he probably is so lame at this point. He'd probably come on our podcast. Uh, no, he doesn't. He, he, he could literally be the biggest like loser in the world. And still think he's the coolest man in the world. And he has to have some kind of um, he has to have still some kind of ego to be him. But uh, confidence yeah, is key. He tried to curse my Timberwolves, saying you're 30 years out of title unless you apologize. And I'm like, we don't have a title. This is like last year was the first time we made the playoffs since I was nine. I think we're pretty set on the curses there, big fella. <laughs> Watch, I said this to Mark off off uh, off take. I said, listen. What if like Minnesota runs like just starts running shit because of this like what he tweeted? Wouldn't that be something? It's the opposite of like the the little bee curse. Yeah, it'd be the opposite. Whenever also Carl Anthony Towns got like a life threatening car accident in Minnesota. Like and nobody's talking about this. Like well, I didn't know that either. We would have brought it up. <laughs> I didn't know so I did. I was he's uh, he's out. He's good. He's but he he came out today and said, listen, like I should have died. Like it was that nasty of a car accident. Like Cam Newton level flipping his truck kind of crazy stuff. So I don't know, man. Maybe Towns. I, I he's my favorite ball player. So he said I'd have I I'd say I had a five percent chance of making out alive. What? How is this going so far to the radar? That's crazy. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe because it's the Minnesota Timberwolves and Towns has kind of kept himself out of the spotlight for a lot. So basically, you should be thanking Jaw Roll because that, like I said, it's a reverse curse. Actually, the car accident happened before Ja Rule. Did All right, it. then I I take back everything I just said. <laughs> there you go. You know yeah. what? Yeah. I'm going to make a solid proclamation that my Timberwolves will get the 7th or 8th seed just because Ja Rule cursed us. Congratulations on the seed to lose in the first round. Exactly. <laughs> uh, but we'll stay with basketball. And Samuel Jackson taking a shot. Like I said, Oscars were on. I may or may not have watched them. Samuel Jackson took a shot at Spike Lee and his Knicks because they finally won a basketball game. A home game too. A home game. It, I think it was like after like it was like 18 straight or so, 12 straight or something like that. Yeah. But the fact that the more, the the Knicks are more relevant at the Oscars than in the NBA world it cracks me up. I love it on ESPN today, and I, I think I uh, missed out on that uh, position, so I can say this freely right now. Yeah, they they were talking about how yeah the Knicks taking a step in the right direction. Really? The other topic I saw was is LeBron right for criticizing the Lakers for the lack of effort? I'm like, dude, LeBron you, LeBron could say that America needs to burn and ESPN would say he's a genius. Everyone except for Max Kellerman and Skip Bayless, but yeah. Well, yeah, we can bring up LeBron quick because. LeBron, the fact that LeBron said that he need no, there's got there's not enough guys on the team that was a win. Like supposedly uh, the whole team, like I've been listening to everything today, and I mean you got Rondo who's won Nash, or one of the finals. You have Javale McGee who really only won one just because he was on the Warriors. He Javale McGee, Lance Stevenson, yeah, Lance Stevenson. I mean he's not won the big one, but he's been in some pretty crucial playoff games as he's won when he was on the Pacers. So, I mean, he's got guys that are that know how to win. And he also he's taking a shot at young guys. Rondo, right? 
Yeah, I said Rondo, yeah. But supposedly Rondo is the leader of that locker room. Like, guys actually look up to him. And I also heard, I think it was Chris Broussard said, he's like, why would any of these guys want to play with LeBron? Like, I, I mean, I argued earlier that why like, you were trying to prove to play with LeBron, but, like, there's no guarantee. He's the only one on this team that knows he's staying for more than this year. Everyone else is just like, shit, I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just going to try to get mine. And So I think this is almost kind of if you reap what you sow for LeBron – because he's been playing this game since he left Miami. He's the GM. Pat Riley didn't want pulling this crap, so he kicked him out, sent him back to Cleveland. Well, no, Pat Riley wanted him back. LeBron left. No, but the reason LeBron didn't want to stay is because he wanted to play GM. And Pat Riley yeah. was like, no, it's yep. not going to happen. Because Pat Riley, basketball yep. guy. So, like, it's so LeBron's been, been the puppet master. You know, if you could see the animation, I'm making my fingers right now. You'd be laughing. But, I mean... He's just been playing this game of, oh, I'm a GM. I can fire whatever coach I want, blah, 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 But then, oh, look, karma caught him. This season is his little karma because all these guys don't want to be LeBron, and you're starting to see this. I'm going to make a bold prediction. LeBron and the Lakers will not land Anthony Davis or any of the big, big top-tier guys next offseason. Because yeah, of no, I always I said I'm I said somebody's if I don't write about it somebody needs to write about it the like it, there should be a huge piece and it's called something along the lines of the only person in the way of LeBron is LeBron like he should have so many more championships if he just had remotely signed up a better talent around him he's you could blame um who's the owner of the Dan Gilbert Dan Gilbert you can blame him you can blame everyone else he should have stayed in Miami because Pat Riley would have got the guys around him every year. To do well, other than Bosch and Bolster is a phenomenal coach. Yeah, and it's just ridiculous. And he just keeps thinking he's the one that needs to have all the power. It's like, dude, do let somebody else do their job. Like, you don't need to have like all the power because look, it doesn't work and it makes you look bad. Honestly, I don't know. I think LeBron had should have been. He easily could have been the goat, but he got his. He got in his own way. Exactly. But yeah. Um, and so, yeah, we got one more topic and it's a pretty, uh, <laughs> I really, I'm going to say that not to play on words, but a touchy subject. Oh God. <laughs> Robert Kraft, not laughing at the situation, not laughing at what is happening. I'm laughing at the situation just because this is a very absurd, uh, thing. But Robert Kraft has now been charged with two charges of, um, soliciting, uh, prostitution, I believe. Yep. Yeah. T- first degree of soliciting prostitution at a uh, Asian masseuse place. Supposedly there's a bunch of names that are involved with this bigger than Robert Kraft. Um, you got, you got uh, Keenan Allen talk about rubbing tugs on Twitter. I mean, the world has gone crazy. I don't know what's going to happen. Joke. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how to, th- I don't know what my thoughts on this are. I don't think it's right. I mean, if he was running the thing, then th- I think he should get in trouble. If he was just happened to be the one getting this extra <laughs> service, I don't think it's good, right, but I don't think he should be punished insanely. Like if he's the one running the operation, then yeah, he's, he's screwed. Like that's, but it, I mean, there was a guy on the list that was 84 years old. These guys aren't, I mean, I'm not saying any, I'm not condoning any of it, but, to say a billionaire is not having this happen, I think we're all just blind. Exactly. I said it's not 
I'm not condoning any of it. I don't think any of it's right, but there also comes a line where it's like, I, I mean, he, he, what do you do? Suspend an owner? What are you going to make him sell the team? Anything Goodell could do to make the Patriots not relevant. Yeah, but Goodell and Kraft, as much as like, like if anything, Goodell's hatred toward the Patriots has helped the Patriots because they've won because of it. And, and Kraft, I think, actually has a good relationship with Goodell, even though I think all I, don't know, I think it's a weird like, play that they both have with each other that it they their their feud is like a good thing between them. That's just yeah. like a conspiracy I just put in my head, but I don't know. I'm curious. I think this is going to get drawn out. I wonder if he actually supposedly there's video evidence. I hope that doesn't come out because that's pretty messed up. But I don't know. All right, well, even though the rundown ended with a Boston guy, we're bringing another Boston guy up next, Steve Peralt, Section 10 Podcast, Barstool, Blizzard Report. Check it out. We are now joined by co-host of the Section 10 Podcast and also of Bleacher Report and Barstool, Steve Peralt. Steve, how you doing, buddy? I am doing phenomenal, but baseball is back. There is a lot of reason to be happy. How are you guys doing? We're doing great, man. Doing great. See, I'm happy baseball is back, too, because after watching that abysmal Super Bowl, I actually have a sport to look forward to again. Because <laughs> even, even as a Pats fan, like, that was a tough one. That, that was a tough one to get through. By the fourth quarter, it's like, this is, wait, this is the Super Bowl. This yep. is, like, this is the big, the big game. Like, I can't believe we were at the point where just kind of putting one in the end zone was literally all they had to do. But anyway, that, I and mean, you that, even, you even, the Super Bowl real quick, you look at the, you looked at the time and it was like, there's six minutes left for the Super Bowl. Like it's it, it's over. I, I, was, it already I was waiting for the game to start and all of a sudden they got a trophy. And I was like, all right, cool. Yeah, that, sure. I'll take it. Sounds, sounds fun. It was pretty crazy. <laughs> it reminded me so much of that Alabama LSU game from like 10 years ago. where It was nine, six, the final. Oh, that was awful. That was so bad. There was so much hype for that, too. It was 1-2, I think, right? 1-2. Yeah, it was 1-2. Like, they had already played, and Alabama beat them by, like, 20 points. And it was like, oh, <laughs> here's a rematch. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. That was terrible. No, oh, this is god, god of a ball. Of course, you are a baseball guy. You run a baseball podcast with our boy Carabas, who actually came on our friend Jack's show, nice. 50-50 Booking. And Jack, of course, works with us here at Belly Up. And we want to talk off first – Defend Red Sox are defending champs. How do you guys? How is you a fan or even a writer covering the Red Sox? How do you keep yourself from going like ballistic the second they start winning again? Uh, I mean, it's it's interesting as a Sox fan because last year you didn't go through much pain at all. There there was really no. They didn't. They were the best four, from top to finish. They were the they were the best from the beginning to the end. They didn't lose four games in a row all year. Even if they lost three in a row, that was maybe once or twice. Um, this, this team just really dominated, unlike any Red Sox team has done before. And the reason I'm excited as a Sox fan heading into this season is that they have basically the same team. And Alex Cora is the kind of guy that isn't going to let you get ahead of yourself and assume, let's just show up and win 110 games this year. That's not going to happen. So he understands what it's going to take to get back there. Obviously, he's been there as a player and now as a manager. These players also, there's not a lot of, there's a, it's a pretty calm team. There's not a lot of guys that are full of themselves. I know past Red Sox teams have had a lot of um, a lot of personalities. Let's put it that way. Yeah. But this this team is pretty tame. I mean, they they all kind of just love showing up, playing together, winning ball games, and and kind of doing that over and over again. So it's not exactly a team that I'm worried about getting ahead of themselves and kind of you know 
uh, crowning themselves back-to-back champs. So it's going to be a fun season, but it is interesting coming off an offseason where they didn't really do much or really need to do much. They extend Nathan Eovaldi for four years. Uh, the closer position I'm very worried about, though, because that Kimbrel's more than likely not going to be back. So I am worried about that, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, like you're saying, Kimbrel's not back. You, we can talk about free agency. We'll probably get into that a little bit, but... Like you said, the closing position. Why? Where? Like, who knows? Kimbrel could be come back. I don't understand. Like, this free agency is this normal? I feel like I, I don't know if this is a normal thing. Like you said, ah, uh, baseball season's back. I feel like baseball season never ended just because all these names haven't signed. It just all this talk about baseball all season long. Yeah, it's been a weird off season. Even not just the as a Sox fan, as a baseball fan, it's been a weird off season. You got Bryce Harper and Manny Machado. I, I keep drawing the comparison to the NBA free agency. July first has become a holiday for NBA fans, yeah. and it's uh, it's madness. Midnight strikes. You got Woj bombs all over the place. You're trying <laughs> to clean up the pieces. Twitter is blowing up. You got memes, gifts, everybody, players tweeting out like big money, all this stuff. It is pandemonium. And now for baseball. The first day guys are available, it's crickets, man. It's crickets. It's just dead silence. Nobody's signing. You're three months in now, three-plus months after uh, guys are able to sign. And you have Manny Machado and Bryce Harper. Obviously, Machado now with the Padres, but that just happened. So you, you had Manny Machado and Bryce Harper just hanging out. They were still available, and there weren't a lot of rumors either. It wasn't obviously some teams came up, but it was never like serious talks with the White Sox. or It, it was never really that serious until – uh, recently, when Machado signs with the Padres. So I could never see that happening in the NBA. Imagine, like, Steph or KD just being hanging out for three months and no team signing him. That would never happen. Um, and I hate being – the people that are always like, oh, you know, it's bad for baseball, that, that, that. The people that want baseball to fail are going to want baseball to fail. And the people that love the game, that continuously come back to it, that are always going to love it, will be there, and I'm fine with that. So I don't really care about the people that are like, you gotta, you got to speed it up. Like, those people can, like, go to hell. I really don't <laughs> care. Like, th- we're going to do what we're going to do with this game. There's only so much you can change with it. If you like it, fine. If you don't, there's, like, a million other sports you can watch. So, um, but having said all of that, it isn't a great look when you have two megastars that are just hanging out for three months and don't get signed. So I do want to find a middle ground preferably had want all these guys signed by the new year. I know that doesn't happen now. Uh, that used to be the norm, but it's not anymore. Um, but yeah, I, I, you can't get into pitchers and catchers with these guys still available. That's, that's, that's bad. There needs to be a way to fix that. So do you think all, like, I have two things. One, cause I have, I have a, me and Mark, Mark knows this already. I have a little theory that I've had about why these guys are taking so long to sign. I've been spewing this since like December, but one thing is also, do you think like the MLB should start like instituting maybe like a soft deadline for when guys should like have a contract to be ready to report? Yeah, yeah like, I'd be fine with that. I'd be totally fine with that because if you don't do that, then you're gonna have this same situation, and this is also gonna lead to a lockout. By the way, if they don't watch out, God, uh, I cannot deal with that. Ugh. No, I know, but I'm just saying if they if this keeps happening and players feel like they're not getting, you know. Uh, the right offers. They feel like teams that have money aren't spending money. That's when you start getting frustration between uh, the players and the union. And it's 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 going to be tough because I there's not a lot of solutions really. Like I understand a soft deadline helps, but, but it still doesn't mean they have to. Do exactly, it. <laughs> they they can they can still push it like they have. So I don't know. I mean, there's I'm all ears for options. I care way more about the on-field product than all the off-season crap. Like I, I like when we get to spring training and get like, I mean, it's crazy to think we're basically a month away 
from opening day, which is nuts. Um, so I'm excited for that. I care more about reactions after a game, after some stupid decision by a player, some dumb tweet. I like that stuff. Uh, this stuff is kind of for the birds, but like I, I understand. I, I do understand the the constant need to try to change the offseason because right now it's boring as hell, man. Oh, I agree. So my theory was, and Mark has kind of corrected me. He's kind of calmed me down about this, but my theory is that the reason these guys took forever to sign and that and what needs to change is eventually some of these, I don't know what you think about, but I think these star players, some of these MLB contracts, like they can't keep giving out these 300 million. I know baseball is a loaded sport financially. That's why they have these massive payrolls. But these $300 million contracts, it's starting to get ridiculous. Like, I, and I see like less and less of these like out of more like, out of the country guys like the Osmani Tomases, the Puigs, these guys are getting less and less money because now they're starting to learn it's a you're shooting you're shooting a crap in a barrel. You don't know if you're gonna hit it or not. So now I'm almost looking at these Machado and Harper contracts. These teams don't want to throw them the money they want. I I guarantee I don't know if this is true or not, but I could almost see Machado could have been asking for 320 million over 10 years instead of 300, but he realized the season was coming. He had to get ready, so he took the 300 from San Diego. Well, didn't he get offered like 350 from the White Sox or something like that? Something crazy, I thought. I just, it's just, it's, it's insane. Like I just the, don't. The, the, yeah, I, I hear you. The killer for me is that I, I thought we were kind of done with this 10 year thing. Like yeah. when I when, when I saw initially that the 10 year offer. Um, or, you know, that he signed the 10-year deal. I was like, really? We're still doing this? We're still doing these ridiculous deals uh, for $300 million? And I totally get there's an opt-out after five. I get that. Um, but, like, what what one of these deals has proven to be the right decision? Like, I, I remember when Pujols signed that deal. I was like, what the hell are we doing here? That, <laughs> and he signed that when he was, like, 31, 32. I'm like, what? what? Uh, and, and he was already kind of in, in a, not a decline, but, like, that kind of a build that he has, he could really barely move around when he signed the deal. It's way worse now. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm very surprised to see Machado get a 10-year deal. I mean, he immediately, you know, signs the biggest free agent deal in, like, American sports history past A-Rod um, in terms of for a free agent. Because I know Giancarlo has a <laughs> he signed a 13-year deal. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, it's insane to me to look at these contracts and – be able to justify that they're the right move because none of these players uh, in the back three, four, five years of these deals are producing anywhere near the money that they're getting for that contract. So, I mean, even Robinson Cano, I mean, he signs a 10 year, $240 million deal. A rod was something in the what? 275, 280 range. It was, yeah. It was high um, yeah. It's like, I, I, I mean, obviously I have some thoughts on David Price's contract, but um <laughs> It, it, it's it's something that I, I don't really understand, and I feel like we have plenty of evidence to prove that it's not the right idea. But yet Manny Machado goes for a ten year deal, so kind of confused at that. But um, but yeah, here we are, and Bryce is probably going to top three hundred million. I mean, I I wouldn't be shocked the longer this goes if he does end up taking like a three year deal. Um, but I really do think he's going to still find his way into a mega deal as well. Well, that's what's that's what scares me because I'm a, a Phillies fan, and I don't want. I mean, I want Bryce Harper, but I don't want a 10-year, $300 million contract. Like, I don't need that in the Phillies. Like, you're just asking for, like, mediocrity, but maybe, like, kind of above that. Like, you can't not have a that kind of a contract for 10 years and expect to, like, unless your young talent's amazing. You know, you can't really expect to, I don't know. I did this contract, you said, they never really work out. If I'm Machado, 
good for him. I mean, he's in San Diego. You he has all this money. There's like a calculation. It's like the hours per game. He's making like forty six thousand dollars per hour. Some crazy style like that, but. I don't know, man. The pod- I said the Padres. It's not a terrible move for them either, though, because, like, I mean, let's be serious. It's the Padres. They're not really going to be good. You can say they're going to be good if they don't make that, but it just proves that nobody's worth that kind of money because they're yeah, never going to actually. No, I, I, I agree with you, and I think with, with Harper, I don't know, man. Like, maybe it's just me, but there are a lot of times where I'll watch Harper and I'll look at his stats and I'll be like, is this really the guy we want to be giving this kind of money to? I feel like we've been following Bryce for so long now because he was – um, I think Sports Illustrated had some issue calling him like the next big thing. And that, that so that got the wheel rolling like eight, nine years ago when he was a kid. And he's 26 now. He's been in the league for seven years. He's only had two seasons over 300. Last year was the first year in his career he had 100 RBIs. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think he's a very good player. I think he's one of the best of this era. But is this really the guy that's like a guarantee for 10 years? Granted, I don't think anyone is. But of a 26-year-old who's what? Average in the field. And his power numbers are good. There are better power hitters in baseball. There are better average hitters in baseball. uh, Better OBP guys in baseball. You go down the list. And if you compare Mike Trout to to Bryce Harper, he's better in like every single category. Every single so, category. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I don't, I think Bryce has gotten the benefit of, you know, the look, he's got the long hair and he's, he's playing in DC and we see him more in the East coast. He's in commercials. And um, I think he's benefited more from that. I think we do kind of forget the fact that he's like a career 278 hitter. Uh, and he maybe gets a little more credit than he should. Having said that, he's a great player, but that might also be a lot of the hesitation for a team like your Phillies or other clubs around baseball to give him this insane contract. Well, it doesn't help either that he was 16 years old in Homer and Derby at, uh, in Tampa, and he hit the catwalk. Like That was just like a huge deal. It was like, oh, this kid's going to be a boss. He's like the LeBron of baseball, which he coming up like was supposed to be, and – and re- like and like if you kind of compare the two lebron didn't really do much in the beginning like i don't know it's just i would never want to make that comparison but i don't know i mean like i said as a Phillies fan i love bryce harper just because we got a short uh right field but i'm not trying to sign anybody for 10 years especially when in two years we could possibly try to go get mike trout because he's a yeah philly guy My, so. the mike the mike trout the mike trout money is going to be i'm just laughing thinking about whatever that deal is going to be um that's gonna be insane i know the angels are trying to get ahead of it and make him an angel for life which is super (laughs) appealing on that team my god it's insane like i my least favorite thing every baseball season is when we get these moronic articles but why is mike trout is the greatest human being of all time (laughs) and yet somehow we aren't talking about him yeah we are because you do the same article a million times every single season like it's so simple guys it's so simple he plays on the west coast he is one of the most boring guys in baseball, and his teams normally suck. That's why we don't talk about Mike Trout, yet we re- we regurgitate this article of, like, why are we not talking about him? Oh, my God, it drives me nuts. But get ready for it. It's gonna They're going to be coming back around in April, and every writer, uh, you know, from Olney to Rosenthal is going to write about and, and probably Heyman, too, will probably have some tweet that makes zero sense um, talking about Mike Trout. But, yeah, that drives me nuts. But, I mean, Harper, back to Harper, I mean, it's it's – it just sucks for baseball because he is, in terms of, like, legitimate face of baseball, I mean, solid-looking dude. He's got great hair. That's the kind of guy that you want to be the exact face of baseball in terms of how he carries himself. I, I like his passion. 
Yeah, but uh, they're, they're like forcing it almost. I that's, know, but like I'm still okay with it because he seems like a genuine enough dude, and he cares a ton about the game. He's got some swagger. I would want that guy in this in this generation uh, to be one of the quote unquote faces of baseball. And it does kind of suck that he's just available for anybody, and he's still out there. So um, preferably that gets done soon. Do you think do you have any idea like if you had to like guess because I mean obviously it's so up in the air he's been told he's going to the Phillies he's been told Nate the Giants got brought up there's all these teams that get thrown in there if you had to like guess right now where do you think he'd end up going I have a weird feeling it's going to be San Francisco and ever since they ever since they uh, kind of threw their hat in the mix um, they're the kind of team that will throw some money around they also don't look at their roster right now I don't know how the hell they're going to compete in the NL West. Like they, they have aging players all over the place. And their and, coach is retiring after the and year. And, Bo- and Bochy sees that. He's like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm not going to do a rebuild. Forget that. So maybe they do just kind of treat this as a, all right, let's go for the big fish. Um, you know, he'll sell jerseys. He'll sell more tickets, even though they have a great crowd there. Great fan base in San Francisco. Also, San, I love San Francisco. I, there's a branch out there for Bleach Report. And we went out there. It's a phenomenal place to be. Great place to live. So, uh, maybe that's enticing to Bryce. Who knows? Um, I would assume he's not going to settle, especially after Machado just got that deal. I think that was a huge factor, obviously, in what Bryce is going to do. So I, it's going to be hard to see Bryce kind of settling now after Manny goes to the friggin' Padres for a billion dollars. So I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens. But um, my I have a feeling it's San Francisco. Hmm. I mean, as a Dimebacks fan, that, that makes me cringe a little bit. But I mean, <laughs> I, I'm confident enough that we have a better roster that might we might still beat them. I'm not sure, but I just I love I love Tory, man. I love Tory. Like you, you got you got a great manager. I wish he was the manager of the Red Sox. Obviously, we're fine with Corey now, but I more meant like there. So it was weird as a Red Sox fan because John Farrell had cancer, and that was the only reason he didn't get fired in uh, 2015. And Lavulo <laughs> took over for the last God. 60 games or something like that and he was great and he generated relationships with Mookie and at that point Travis Shaw and other guys and and he was really good with the young guys and that's the manager they if anything that let the ownership know they needed an Alex Cora a guy that's good with the young players because Farrell is so not good with the younger players he's such a earn your spot in the league old-timey baseball guy um but anyway got off a tangent love Tori Labulo so you got a good manager it definitely starts there yeah, I, it's, it's a weirdest season for me. It's kind of like, because we lost Goldschmidt, who's my boy, and I'm kind of just, and we got all this great talent for him, because I love Carson Kelly, I love Weaver, who was a, from Florida State originally, and I kind of like some of the guys we got in the younger area with Murphy and Walker, but I'm like, oh, God, I have no idea what I'm <laughs> expecting this year. And it's making me, like, freak the hell out, but at the same time, I'm like, eh, could be worse. It could be 2013, 2014 all over again, so... I'm not he, had a, he had a solid, he had a solid uh, club last year. I understand the the Goldschmidt departure, but um, what what were your thoughts on JD the second? Do you, you think he was coming back before he signed with Boston? So it was so funny because I was dating a Red Sox fan at that point, like a <laughs> rabid Red Sox fan, and she was rubbing my face at the second he signed. <laughs> but um, I loved Martinez because when he hit the he went on that tear from August to September, and him and Goldie were just ripping balls out of the ballpark. And Arizona steamrolled their way all the way to a wild card spot, and we beat Colorado. I was like, "Oh my God, we're back in the playoffs for the first time since I was a, a sophomore in high school." It was amazing. But 
I was really sad when he left, and I almost called him a traitor, but then I realized, like, Arizona threw no money at him because they <laughs> yeah. were, like, banking that he was just an aberration. Yeah. But then I realized how crappy of a ballpark he hit in for five years at Detroit. So I realized, oh, Boston's a good hitter's park like Arizona is. He's going to keep rip- ripping balls out of the park. And yeah, he really should have been an MVP uh, finalist. That was kind of shocking he wasn't. But um, but no, it was a hell of a year, that's for sure. Hopefully he can repeat it. I mean, I, that, this is one thing that when we talk about these contracts and these, I, I feel like we get so caught up in what the initial report is and what the initial deal is and don't look at these specifics. Like, J.D. could be, he likely will be back on the market after this season. And that's scary as hell to me. Like, I, I, I want J.D. here for a while. And uh, and yet we look at the Machado one, too. Five years still is a little different. But even with David Price, there was a chance he was going to be gone um, after last season. So I think we need to look at the specifics a little more because who knows? He might be, J.D. might be available again soon. See, so the other thing, like, you know, Goldsman's going to be a free agent next year, too. So it's kind of like. Yeah. I'm I'm hoping like he misses Arizona enough <laughs> until Moss's contract's up at the end of the year, so that lead weight is out of our payroll. I'm like Goldie, come home, please. But <laughs> next offseason is gonna be crazy because you have a lot more like not Muchado and like Harper level stars, but you've got the JD Martinez, the Paul Goldschmidt. You've got like guys who are great baseball players and will t- turn a team around, but they're like. They're not. They're not gonna wait until they get eight hundred million dollars in like twelve years. They'll take the lower offer because these are more like the quieter guys. So we should hopefully see faster signings next. We year. hope. I was gonna say we hope. I mean, you have these guys that are supposed to be the quieter bunch, but if they see this kind of money and if they can just pull the strings of the owners and see what they can do, I just hope this isn't like a reoccurring thing and like it just gets worse and worse. Which you said, Steve, like the lockout would end up happening. But I mean, I don't know baseball. It's, it's it's nice to talk about it, you know, even though it's just the uh, free agency pitchers and catchers are back. I mean, season's coming up. It's just nice to talk about. Like it is. It. It's nice to have it back around. One thing that we don't talk about enough, especially in the NBA as well, are these players friends that are always in their ear that are on Twitter all the time, that are on Instagram all the time, that are seeing what people like, seeing what people talk about, seeing what people are sharing. Those are the people that are in the players ears being like, Dude, you're out there killing it, man. You're doing this. You're doing that. You got to go get that bread. Go get that money. Because they're trying to get a little bit of that money as well. And yet we don't really factor that in. And we look at guys uh, like Kyrie. We look at guys uh, in baseball like Bryce, like Manny. All their friends are like, no, you, you stand your ground, man. You get paid. You get your money. You saw what you did last year. One thing that kills me as a Celtics fan is Terry Rozier thinks he's like God's gift to earth. Yeah. And he's a solid player, but he's all he also can be a ball hog and ruin possessions. And yet it almost could have been the worst thing that could have happened to him that he got the Celtics uh, <laughs> within, within a game of the finals last year. Because, you know, all his boys are like, you don't need Kyrie. You don't need any of that. You can go do that yourself. You can go win the championship yourself. And so these guys all have this this false sense of importance and, and entitlement. And even though a guy like J.D., is uh, more soft-spoken or some of these other players are, they're still going to try to get theirs. So as a Sox fan, it is a little concerning because we were lucky enough to interview him uh, right before the ALDS. And he was a phenomenal dude. He follows what we do and respects it. And even though he's a soft-spoken guy, he's a smart, he's a very smart individual. And he knows what his worth is right now. And he knows what it can be if he does what he did last year again uh, this year. 
See, I think also the advantages for an, an AL team versus an NL team with Martinez is he can be like almost turned into a Victor Martinez later in his career. And I mean, not Victor Martinez, Edgar Martinez, and literally yeah. just play DH. He doesn't have to go out. Like, if, like let's say Arizona's like, oh, Jay, we'll take you back, J.D. He goes, do I have to play outfield? Uh, yeah, we have Jake Lamb playing first or Christian Walker. You're not playing first base. He goes, oh, well, no, I'm not going to you guys because I don't want to play the field anymore. So yeah. that's one thing that yeah, works against the NL team. Well, that's what I was wondering with J.D. because when he got uh, – what, he hurt his ankle in the World Series or whatever? Yeah, that was scary as hell, man. I was at that game. It was game one, and he uh, he hit a rope, and he kind of slipped. I think he was kind of no man's land about whether to go to third or not. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's hit, right. hit it into the triangle, and he kind of slipped, I think, tweaking, maybe staying at second, going to third type thing, and it looked bad. It, it looked – like the whole part got dead silent. We're like, okay, uh, we thought we were the favorites here, but there goes JD. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it can things can shift quickly. I think that's something we don't really factor in either when we look at these how these playoff series go. Shout out, obviously, I love the Red Sox. You know, they they win the World Series and all that. Um, but the ALCS, Altuve and Correa were nowhere near 100. percent That doesn't really 100%. get brought up that much, and they end up beating them. Obviously, the Sox went in five. Um, but those guys are studs and they were not really themselves. And you could tell they were more than just banged up. I understand you play a long season. You're going to be, you know, damaged or whatnot. You're going to be hurt, um, to a certain degree, but they were like injured. So there's a huge difference between that. So, uh, we always got to factor that in. So who knows? I mean, that, that's why I love baseball. It's part of why I love baseball so much is you never know what's going to happen. Like there's something in a game that can happen. You've never seen before. There's something in a season that can happen. Like the 2013 Red Sox are still stunning that, on paper, that team should not win the World Series, but yeah. um, they're able to make the run. And uh, even other teams, I mean, the Rays getting to the the World Series back in 08. Yeah, I was pumped about that. That was the easiest. That was the best team we could have won against. <laughs> as a Phillies fan, I remember so saying, um, looking back at, at World Series in this this century, I'm sure not a lot of people are going to remember too much from this one this year. As a Sox fan, I'll remember all of it. But I think people just remember the Sox just kind of cruise. Same with the Phillies. That was such a... I, I couldn't tell you, like, anything from that series. And I'm a huge baseball person. The one thing I remember was the Just rain. The out. rain delay, exactly. The rain delay. It was delay. a rain delay. And that's, like, the only thing I can really and remember. Jeff Jenkins hit a double off the wall to start the eighth inning or whatever it was to, like, start the end of the World Series. It was the most – I remember sitting in my basement at home as, like, a young kid and just being like, wait, you, like, one, they're playing this game. Two, then they're just going to, like, have a delay. I mean, I obviously – like you said, you remember the, every – Red Sox World Series. I remember the Phillies World Series. I remember going back the next year, losing the Yankees. It was uh, terrible, but Pedro. Oh gosh. <laughs> oh, I only want to talk about. <laughs> I know you had to have like an eighty-year-old Pedro in in some clutch World Series games. That was yeah, tough. Who's but... your daddy? Oh, it was just terrible. Who's your daddy, that was tough. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it it it's just wild that you said 2013 Red Sox. Not even a team that you like. It's just it, how it works, and you guys ran into a uh, Astros team who was banged up. You also ran into an Alex Bregman. We were, me and uh, Jared were talking about earlier who decided to post the most oh, like so dumb. dumbest post on an Instagram story that just everything. Even like you had Aaron Judge play the music. You had Alex Bregman post the videos. It's like everything was just meant to happen for the Red Sox to just cruise and tear. The whole postseason. Yeah, I, I'm telling you that that. Oh my god! First, the judge thing. That's not in Judge's DNA, by the way. That's not like I. I respect the hell out of Aaron Judge. I think he's a great dude. Like I, I think he is a the definition of a role model when you look at MLB players. Um, 
But that like, what the hell was that? I remember seeing that video for the first time, being like, because that's right by the Red Sox clubhouse, and thing kid was blasting it. And uh, yeah, I mean, that, I don't know that that was that was a weird that was a weird move. We we interviewed Brock Holt a couple weeks ago, and he was like, oh, trust me, we all saw that. That like no, no one. Not a single person in the Red Sox clubhouse missed that. Yeah, um, you guys played it in the locker exactly, room. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. They, they end up winning and then playing that, which is the best troll ever. That was perfect. Uh, um, but, yeah, I mean, then the Sox, you know, I don't think it's any coincidence they win 16-1 to 1 the next game. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – I think that's never – I'm never that kind of person anyway. I'm never really trying to troll people. or It just doesn't – like, do you really feel – do you get a lot of wins out of that? This is kind of like say, Jared, It usually backfires in the most cases. If anything, you just kind of look like a dickhead. And I know Carabas will do this occasionally too well. It's be like, what are you doing, man? You look like a clown. <laughs> but, like – but that's that's kind of more in his DNA to be, you know, chest out. I'm more just kind of like doing my thing, trying to crack some jokes. And he's like, look, at, I'm the rocket. Yeah. Uh, but like that's that's kind of how we differ. Uh, but yeah, Bregman is way more of a Jared than me. That's for sure. He, he's more of the uh, look at me, look at me, look at me kind of person. And he, again, like I said earlier, he definitely has his boys in his ear like, dude, you're the. You're the team now. Correa, Correa, Altuve, they're banged up. This is your squad, man. You got to go out there and win the World Series. Blah, blah, blah. Go, go get shortstop back. You got it. <laughs> yeah, you got to get your position back, boy. Uh, and so naturally, he's out there thinking. I mean, he had a quote today saying he wants to be the greatest baseball player of all time. Nice. This, this guy is obsessed with himself. And to post that. And then the, the thing that I hate, I think the worst thing you can do is do a troll like that and then delete it. If you're going to troll, stick with it, man. Don't hey, once you, you post troll yourself. You got to stick to your guns. You like, got to stick with it. You can't. So he deleted it, which looks even worse. Now you're like, that makes you look like a wimp, really, because it's like, oh, okay. So you, you posted that. It got a little play on social media. As you should have known it was going to. You should have known that was going to blow up. That's no surprise. And, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was it was stupid. But helped. I mean, Eovaldi blew like five pitches past him. That was awesome. Um uh, yeah, so it obviously it clearly helped the Red Sox. So I had I had no issue. Yeah, these guys need to learn how to like you know trash talking, shit talking, one on one. They need to learn this. Like if you say something, you stick with it. Like I, I think a couple podcasts ago, I made an error. I said one team won when I didn't. I'm sticking with it. I'll admit my error right now. But I I, I, I still made my point. So listen, <laughs> Steve, it was great having you on today, man. Uh, we hope you have you on again soon, maybe during the season around the All Star break to talk a little more, see how your socks are doing. Hopefully my Diamondbacks aren't completely eliminated by then. Uh, <laughs> but, man, Les, it was great having you on today. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it, guys. Let's uh, let's do it again when there's actual actual games to talk about. Oh, definitely, man. Maybe you can break Rob's on with you, too. Let's get one time. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, we'll, we'll mess around. We'll, we'll Two Jareds might be too much. I don't know. Yeah, I know. We'll have to – we'll crunch the numbers and see if that can work. But, uh, but no, I, I do appreciate it. Let's, let's talk again this season. All right, great, man. Thank you. I want to thank our boy Steve Peralt for coming on today. That was a blast talking some baseball. Maybe not all hope is dead for my Diamondbacks and Mark's Phillies. We'll see how we're doing. He will, of course, as he said before, will probably come back on midseason. So look forward to that as well. So we want to thank Steve. We want to, Mark, I got that's it for me. I got nothing else. No, that's it. Steve, it was great. Uh, definitely a great interview. Knows a lot of stuff about baseball, you can tell. Uh, definitely more to come hopefully great interviews like that so just be ready for it we got mock drafts coming out soon with the combine next week so be ready shameless plug i love it all right let's call it a day see you folks later in the week
This episode of The Corner Booth has been brought to you by Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Follow your host on Twitter at Belly Up Jared and at Mark Riley.